I'm having a good day. We just had a um, bridal shower yesterday for my future daughter-in-law-to-be. I'm super excited about that. Our son's getting married. Our one daughter is moving to California in the fall to go to Bethel Bible School. And Joy is moving to Colorado to work for a missions organization. So a lot of changes, but all like really good ones. And I'm just excited about what God is doing. Well, it's bittersweet because we'll be empty nesting. So it's like, oh... Why do they have to grow up and move out? I don't understand. Like when I look at them, I still see like any moms in the room, you still see like the four and five-year-olds who needed band-aids. And yes, yes, thank you. That's what I still see. But also it's a good thing. Like I love that they are growing up. It's obviously an amazing, amazing season and so much joy in that. And so what I want to talk to you about today is growth. And... Um, Before I get into it, I want to share a word that God gave me as I was praying about today's message. And um, I was just praying for the church in general, not just our church. And I felt God dropped this word in my spirit that said, my people are paralyzed. And I saw a bunch of people walking around like they were crippled. Like they were walking, they were moving, but they were, well, some were not moving, but they were moving very slowly and it was very difficult and they didn't seem to be healthy. And I I looked up the definition of the word paralyzed, and it said to cause a person or part of the body, which made me think of the body of Christ, to become partly or wholly incapable of movement, which kind of described what I saw, because some people were moving, but other people were not. So I don't know where you find yourself at this morning. I might not be talking to our church at all. I'm talking about the church, if you know what I'm saying. So it's not for you, it's for somebody else. But I saw people walking around like cripples. And then another definition is to render someone unable to think or act normally, especially because of panic or fear. And then to bring a system, place, or organization, not that the church is the organization, but it is a system. It's what God has instituted to work through here on earth. To a standstill by causing disruption or chaos. Hello, 2020. And the thing I found out about being paralyzed when I looked into it a little bit is that the muscles still have strength. Like usually the muscles, because um, I'm not a nurse and maybe some of you have more experience with this, but it's basically an interruption in the signal from the brain to where the muscle needs to move. The muscle still has strength. And it's like the church, the body of Christ has strength. It just doesn't realize it. And, and I heard this very sad story one time of a, of a mom who put her little girl in a wheelchair and told her that she was sick and told her that she couldn't walk, told her um, that she had all these diseases and illnesses and she ended up getting money from the state because of it and all these charities built her a house and gave her things because of her daughter being sick. Come to find out when the daughter became a teenager, realized she could walk. Sometimes the enemy lies to us and there's actually strength in our muscles. There's growth happening, but we are acting like we're paralyzed because there's an interruption in the signal. So I want to talk to you about this morning that all you need, you actually already have. That was the second part of what God shared with me was my people are paralyzed. And I was like, why? Why are they walking around like this? It's so sad. And he said, because they don't know that all they already need is on the inside of them. All they already need is on the inside of them. The title of my message this morning is all you need is in the seed. All this right here, so this is actually a real live um, mustard seed plant. 
You know, the Bible talks about a mustard seed, and I put a jar of them up here because I didn't know if you'd be able to see one. They are so small. I don't know if you can zoom in. Look, here's one seed. Is that gonna work? Can we even do that? I don't know, but we're gonna try. I'm gonna stand here like this and see if they can, yeah. See, there's a seed right here. <laughs> see how tiny it is though? It's super, super tiny, but all you need is in the seed. Everything, this right here, came from this tiny seed. It was Joy that got a little gift from someone and it was like five mustard seed and she planted all five and lo and behold, just like the parable in the Bible, not all of them grew, but one did. Look at this. We came out one day and I was like, how did that come from this? I don't know if you've ever walked around in a forest before, but I grew up in Sweden and in the south of Sweden, we have these woods that have really tall trees where the branches don't start to like up, up high and you can walk on clear ground. There's like beautiful moss and you walk on it and just look up at the trees. That's the part of Sweden where I was born. And I remember walking through these woods and I loved the trees. And just think about it for a minute. Every single one of those trees, tall, amazing, majestic trees, came from a seed, a little tiny seed. Everything you need is in the seed. I'm gonna read four scriptures about seed. And I just want you to stick with me for a minute because you might think like, well, I don't have a seed. I don't have this mighty tree on the inside of me, so I'm just going to read a couple of passages just to lay a foundation so you know that you have a seed. Jesus loved to talk about seed. I don't know if you've noticed that, but he talked about seeds many times. The first verse we're gonna to go to is Matthew 13, verse 31. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and the birds can make nests in its branches. So tiny seed, big tree, okay? Next verse, Matthew 17, here's Jesus again talking about the mustard seed. He said, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told him. I tell you the truth, if you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move, and nothing would be impossible. So tiny seed, mustard seed, moves the mountain. Tiny seed of faith. So do you have faith? Do you have even a tiny mustard seed of faith? How do you know if you have faith? So next verse, Romans 10, 17, because I'm going to tell you where faith comes from. So faith comes by hearing, that is, by hearing the good news, the word about Christ. If you belong to Jesus in here, you have a mustard seed of faith because you could not be born again without faith. It's by grace, through faith, because you hear the good news about Jesus, right? And then you decide to believe it. It's by faith. We say, yes, Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and rose again. Without faith, we can't be saved. So you need a seed, you need a tiny seed. How do you receive that seed of faith? By hearing the word or the good news about Jesus. Last verse, James 1.21. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God. The word of God, this right here. How many of y'all have a Bible? You might just read it on your phone these days, but if you have the word of God, it has been planted in your hearts like a seed. It's been planted. Again, this analogy of the seed, this little seed, you've got that seed of faith that you received when you were born again, when you accepted Jesus by faith. It was planted in your heart. It has the power, there's power in that seed to save your souls. 
We have been saved, but we're also being saved, right? And one day we're going to be completely transformed and saved and be with Jesus eternally. There's power in the seed that's in your heart. It's an active seed. It has the kingdom of God, the gospel, the power of heaven has been deposited in you. You have been given a seed. I have been given a seed. And everything that you need to live for God and to grow into this tree, this mighty oak of righteousness is inside of that seed. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven are inside of that seed. So what I want you to do this morning is to start looking at that little seed and looking at yourself the way that God sees you. Because God doesn't look and see a tiny little seed and it's like, all we have is a little seed. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? It's so tiny. No, God looks at the seed and he says, there is the kingdom of God on the earth. That is a mighty tree been deposited on the inside of them. God loves taking what's little and insignificant in the eyes of this world. He doesn't see it the same way and making it more than enough. Remember, he took the shepherd boy and he's like, I see the seed of kingship on the inside of David. He's not a shepherd, he's a king. The one jar of oil, he's like, hey, that can fill all the jars in the house. Jesus saw the two fish and the loaves, and he said, well, that's, you know, dinner for 5,000 people. He doesn't see like we see. So what I want you to do this morning is to open up your spiritual eyes. I'm going to ask God to help you see the power that's in the seed, because in that seed is everything that you need. We're going to read, so there's a story in the Old Testament about Elisha's servant Gehazi. You may not have heard the story. It doesn't really matter. There's just one verse I'm going to focus in on. They were in this city, and enemy armies had surrounded the city, and Gehazi was scared. He woke up, and he saw all these enemy chariots, and he was like, Elisha, what are we going to do? We are surrounded by the enemy. We go to 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 17. Let's skip down to verse 17. And Elisha prayed, and this is my prayer for you this morning. Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. He saw what was actually happening in the spirit. We look at ourselves in the natural. The Bible says, you know, God looks at the heart. And when he looks at your heart, he sees a seed that has more power than you could ever, ever fathom. Each one of you is able to lead somebody to the Lord, pray for the sick and see them healed, lead a you group, teach a Bible study. Basically, What I want you to see this morning is that God sees you as a spiritual leader. He doesn't just look at you as like somebody who has to come and every Sunday morning be spoon-fed a little bit of milk. He looks at you like a guy who's like grilling steaks of the Word of God on his grill every day and giving it to other people. Like, I love the privilege of being able to teach the word of God, and I do believe that God puts teachers and pastors and apostles, but he's also called you to understand the word of God and to teach the word of God. And then when you open the Bible, God will speak directly to you and reveal to you by the Holy Spirit what it means so that you can teach somebody else, so that you can pray for somebody else. I want you to grow to where you are helping others to grow. 
if you've never discipled somebody else, if you've never mentored somebody else in like the things of God, and you might say, well, all I have is a little seed. Well, if you've been, you know, born again for two months, you, you have more than somebody who's been born again for one week. There's always somebody that you can help. So I need you to go from just being a receiver to being a giver. That's how you grow the seed that was planted on the inside of you. You know, each and every one of you could write a Bible study or open the scriptures and speak to somebody about what God is saying in here. So I talk to people sometimes and they're like, well, I don't really understand the Bible. I do understand that there are things in here that are complicated, and it does help to go to Bible school and all of that stuff, but in general, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our teacher, and he will reveal to you what it means. So I'm going to do just like a little exercise in here this morning, because Brad always says like, well, you're the pastor of your dog park, and you're the preacher at your water cooler and all this stuff. You know, he just like kind of says it almost every Sunday. He's trying to brainwash you to be a minister of the gospel, right? Uncommon church, no grow do, every member a minister. minister. Thank you. You need to go back to growth track. Every member a minister. minister. Yes. So here's what I want you to do. I'm going to help you put together your first sermon if you've never done it, okay? We're going to take your little seed and we're going to just like sprout a little growth today. So um, here is like the very simple, basic way that you can start preaching the gospel. What is something you know about God? You can jot this down or just sink it in your mind. What's something you know about God? What's something that you know to be true in your life? Usually the things we know about God is because God has done something for you. So what is something God has done for you? Let me give you an example. Like, I know that God is my healer because he healed my foot. I experienced that for myself. So I'm like, I know God is a healer. Maybe you know that God is good. Maybe you know that God restores. Maybe you know that God provides because you had a money miracle. Maybe you were reading a scripture and it just popped out to you that, hey, God does this. And you just knew it to be true because God spoke it to your heart. So that's your first point is what is it you're trying to convey about God? Then, and if you don't know the whole Bible by heart, you can Google it. Is there a scripture that supports this claim about God? Let's make sure it's founded in scripture. So if you start with God is our healer, right? And then you can tell the story about, because one time I was sick and I went up for prayer and he healed my foot. Or, you know, Brad called out the word of knowledge that somebody had asthma and I was healed of my asthma. God is my healer. Then you Google Bible verse on God being healer. Oh, and there you go. Exodus, whatever, whatever. I am the Lord that heals you. There's your, there's your scripture. So you have a point about God. You have a story, what God's done in your life. You have a scripture to back it up. And then just to put a bow on it, what's your walking away point? What do you want people to know? Like, what do you want them to learn from this? So you put it into practice. Like, okay, I've just said that God heals people. I told the story about how he healed me. I showed it in the Bible. Are you sick? Can I pray for you? God wants to heal you right now. See, that's a good, like, practical application. So you can be like, hey, is there anything that's wrong in your body? Because I know God did it for me, so he would do it for you too. And then you pray for them, and that way you activate what's in that seed to actually be put into action so that God's power can flow through you and heal somebody else. Because that's the way it's meant to function. Amen. Yes. So I hope all of you wrote a little sermon in your head, but if not, just jot those down. And then the next time you experience something that God does for you, write yourself a little mini sermon and then practice on somebody. I used to practice on my kids and they used to practice on their dolls. Like, you know, 
Reinhard Bonnke, if you guys know him, he's passed on to be with heaven now, but it's led, am I here? Yes. He has led more people to the Lord than anybody else in history, and he's from Germany. He grew up on a farm, and he used to go out and preach to the cows. So if you're too chicken to preach to an actual person, preach to your dog, and then when you feel like, okay, I got this down, then you go share it with somebody else. But I want you to see yourself as a spiritual leader. You be the one that initiates doing a devotion. You be the one that gathers people at your house for a night of worship. You be the one when you have your family over that's like, hey, can we just take a minute to pray? You be the one that introduces Jesus into every single conversation. You are not just a follower of Jesus. You are a spiritual leader, and all you need is in the seed. Amen? Amen. Amen. And not only that, so you have a seed. Can we agree you have a seed? Now you need to grow this seed because even though all you need is in this seed, I'm going to try to pour one more out. Okay, that was like 20. So this little tiny bit right here could become like a whole flower bed. Okay? You need so little. So everything you need is in this little seed. Although everything you need is in the seed, your harvest isn't guaranteed. Because how many of you know, if I just leave these in here, they're not going to grow. Because seed is potential harvest. It's not guaranteed harvest. Because you can have the kingdom of God on the inside of you. You can have all that potential of God moving through your life on the inside of you and still be paralyzed and not do anything with it. So let's look at a story in the Bible. We all know it when Jesus told a story about a farmer who went out to sow some seed, because that's exactly what's happening right now even. God is sowing seed. And he's like, okay, where is this going to take root? Let's read from Luke chapter 8, verse 5. This is Jesus talking. And he said, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell along thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever had ears to hear, let them hear. And then he explains it to his disciples. He said, the meaning of this parable is this. The seed is the word of God. We already talked about that. The seed is the word of God, and you have a seed. God has sown it in your heart. So those along the path are the ones who hear, and that the devil comes and just takes away the word from their heart so that they don't believe, and they're not saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a little while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Listen, if you're a new believer in here this morning, This is for you. Make sure that you get roots down deep. So a lot of times we talk about church, so we talk about being planted in the house of God. It's like a spiritual term for, hey, get connected, get in community, get to know other people that believe just like you, and then make sure that you are consciously connecting with them so that you're growing. Because we don't want you to fall away when testing comes. So you need other people and you need a church community. That seed, the next seed in verse 14, fell among thorns. It stands for those that hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by the worries of life, riches and pleasure, and they don't mature. This is where I want to hang out a little bit. I found this part 
to be so sad because it represents people that did receive the seed and it doesn't say that the plant died. It doesn't say that it didn't grow at all. Basically, you're going to get to heaven with a jar of seed instead of a big harvest because it got choked up and it never matured. It never grew. You never like did something with the word that God gave you. He gave you the word. He gave you the seed. He gave you the faith. He gave you the kingdom of God. And you're like, all right, just going to hold this in my hand. It's great. It'll get me to heaven. But it didn't mature. So my call to you today is that we all have been entrusted with the seed of the kingdom of God and we all are responsible for what we do with it. The need is in the, the, what we need is in the seed, but we have to deposit it, water it, grow it, use it, put it into action so that it can grow because the harvest isn't guaranteed. It depends what you do with it. Yeah. And isn't it sad that this farmer spent all this time with good seed? There's nothing wrong with the seed. The word of God is good seed. I love this quote from Tony Evans. He says, God's word, if it's not working, you need to check the ground it landed on because there's nothing wrong with the seed. This is good seed, but is our heart good soil? That's what we need to ask ourselves because otherwise, all the potential in the world and the seed doesn't matter. A plant needs soil to go down deep into. So what is our soil? Because... Really, I just want to demystify spiritual growth, okay? Because we talk about that, like, no, grow. You have to grow. How do you grow? <laughs> growth happens gradually. Ta-da! It comes from doing the same thing, doing the right thing, reading your word, going to church, activating your faith, preaching that sermon at the water cooler, praying for somebody, choosing joy instead of anger, whatever those things are, every single day. Because how many of you know the day you plant the seed is not the day you're going to eat the fruit? It takes a long time, and it's like building a brick wall. How do you build it tall? Brick by brick. You know, when kids are little, you try to teach them patience that, you know, they have to keep picking up all their toys. They think they're never going to get done just because they threw out the whole basket. But you know, like, it's going to get done. <laughs> That's how spiritual growth is. If you just do a little something every day, it's those daily yeses. It's choosing love. It's choosing peace. It's praying. It's reading a little bit of the Bible. It's going to that you group. It's coming to church. It's choosing not to watch that thing. It's laying down the addiction. Next thing you know, you have a mighty oak tree of righteousness in your life from that tiny seed. Because some people, I think, when I talk to them, it's like, well, when do I become mature? It's like, well, if I'm Christian for five years, one day I just wake up and I know all the Bible and I'm so spiritually mature and strong. No, it doesn't happen like that. Just like I was talking about my kids moving away, you know, time is inevitable. It will pass. It'll continue. But maturity is not guaranteed. How many know that you can have a 25-year-old that's, you know, acting like a 15-year-old sometimes? Time of being a Christian is very different than actually nurturing the seed on the inside of you. So I don't want you to be discouraged because all you have is seed. It's up to you. You have to become a plant or remain a seed. You have to choose if you're going to stay the same or if you're going to evolve and grow and do something with it. I want to give you, I don't know if I can read that time back there, so 
How am I doing on time, Brad? Good. We're good? How many more minutes have I got? You're good. I'm good. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> Brad says I'm good. I'll, you know, it says something weird back there. So the last point is this, how to grow. So we talked about that as, you know, brick by brick. So you have seed, you want it to grow. I want to give you three areas to tend to. Just like a plant needs soil, and it needs sun, and it needs water. It's kind of funny how God made it, but God is in three parts, and we are in three parts. So we have God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and then we were made in God's image, and we are spirit, soul, and body. And can I tell you, a lot of people get paralyzed partially, spiritually, and don't have the strength and don't mature because they're not growing in all three areas. It's kind of like a stool with three legs. You can't put weight on it if you only have two legs. And so everybody, you know, there's no elevator to spiritual growth. We all have to take the stairs, but you can do it very, very slowly or you can run up the stairs. That's up to you. So I'm going to give you three areas to grow. I already mentioned them, spirit, soul, and body. We're going to talk about spirit just a little bit. When you were born again, when you were given this little tiny seed, it was implanted in your spirit man, and you became born again. So you are now alive on the inside. Brad, for some reason, last year, chose to start going to the gym every day almost. <laughs> for some reason. For 24 years, I've known the man. He's never one step foot on, in a gym, but he decided... <laughs> This is the day. So <laughs> I'm just saying that so that you know that you can reinvent yourself, not just in your body, but in your spirit, man. Because can I tell you what happens when you go to the gym every day? Your muscles grow. When you read your word every day, when you pray every day, when you worship every day, your spirit, man, muscles grow. You have to feed your spirit. That is one peg one leg that you have to grow. The second one is your soul. This is where a lot of people don't grow. So they feed their spirit man, and then in their soul, they're still hanging on with all this junk from their old life. They've been born again, but their soul, the Bible talks about that we're renewed by the renewing of our mind, transformed by the renewing of our mind. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. We have to transform those too. We have to transform our will to be lined up according to the will of God. We have to get rid of soul ties that were tied into other things when we were not yet born again and weren't walking with the Lord. We have to heal the wounds in our soul from abandonment or addiction, all those things in your soul. So we have this second leg in our Christian life that sometimes we're just limping and we're half paralyzed because our spirit man's strong, but we're dragging this soul wound behind. Listen, if you haven't gone through our freedom track, I strongly encourage you to sign up for freedom track in the fall because God wants to heal and grow and nourish your soul. He cares about how you feel. He cares about healing those wounds. He cares about re programming your mind to line up with the word of God and how he sees you and how he thinks about you. And if you're going to be a spiritual leader, which you are, if you're going to grow this seed to its potential, you've got to grow in your soul. And then your body, that's just this flesh and bones. That's just what people see. But can I tell you something? Although the heart and the soul are the more important essence of who you are, people can't see your soul and they can't see your heart, but they can see the way you act. So if God's doing something on the inside of you, people will see it on the outside. So growing in your body, growing in 
what people can see is important. We need to start acting like Christ. People can see when you show up early. People can see when you have integrity. People can see when you love on people. People can see when you're not stealing when you had the opportunity to. People can see when you don't get road rage, even though people are driving like crazy, white truck Wednesday all over the place. It is important how you act, but you only, you know, if you're only doing it, it's like a, a show of religion if you're just trying to stand on that one leg. If you only grow in how you act on the outside, you don't have any strength to back it up. But if you're reading your word every day, but you're acting like a jerk, it's not gonna help anybody. And if you're acting nice, but you're hurting on the inside, it's not gonna last very long. So if you're gonna grow into a mighty oak tree, you need to grow spirit, soul, and body. God cares about all of you, the whole person. So this morning, I want God to speak to your heart and reveal to you that all you need is already on the inside of you. He has given you the seed. Now you're gonna grow it in the soil of your heart. You're gonna let the sun shine on your soul and you're gonna water it with how you act. And it's gonna grow into something amazing. I wanna just give you freedom to start being a spiritual leader. You have what it takes. You open up this word and you ask God to reveal it to you and speak to you through every verse and say, speak to me something today. You don't have to read 10 chapters, but ask God to speak to you and make it come alive to you. And then like Gideon, God wanted to use him and he was like, well, I'm like the least of these. My tribe is the smallest. I'm always afraid. And God said, go in the strength that you have. This morning, God is saying to you, go with the seed that you have because what you need is in that seed. Would you hop up on your feet with me this morning? I'm going to pray for you that this morning God reveals to you what's in your seed that he just gives you a little picture of the potential oak forest that he can grow in the spirit because of you choosing to water what he's put on the inside of you, that you start taking that seed seriously. You know, you look at Christians that you see as like the most mature, like the Bill Johnson or, you know, um, I don't know, whatever your spiritual hero is, somebody that's so amazing. And you're like, well, they got like a double dose of the Holy Spirit. You know what they got? They got the same seed as you. It's what they did with it. So what are you going to do with your seed? Would you close your eyes? Father God, I just pray right now in this moment. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would reveal by your Holy Spirit the amazing, miracle-working Holy Ghost kingdom of God that is on the inside of each and every person in this room. Father, I pray that you would show them that it's not a little seed, but it's the kingdom of God. It's a big tree. Some of you have been asking God for a big tree and he's given you an acorn and you're confused. And he's like, well, hello, it's what you do with it. It will become your answer if you nourish it. So Father God, I pray for an anointing to step up and lead 
to be the spiritual leader in their workplace, in their colleges, in their dorm rooms, in their schools. Father God, that we would influence culture around us, that the seed that's on the inside would not remain a seed, that we're not going to be a church that comes up to heaven and show you a basket of seeds, but that we are going to be a mighty forest of trees in the kingdom of God that's taking ground. Father, your, your word says that the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. God, I pray that we would be forcefully advancing the kingdom with the seeds you've planted in our hearts. And I pray to every person you would reveal to them the power that's locked up on the inside of them, that they would begin to see you, see themselves as you see them. As powerful and mighty and strong men and women of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father in heaven, I thank you for the seed of faith that is planted in our hearts that does produce a mighty harvest. But let me just speak to you for a moment. If you're here this morning or you're watching online and you've never really opened your heart, the ground of your soul to receive that seed of faith, today is your day. Revelation chapter three and verse 20, Jesus said, I'm standing at the door of your heart, I'm knocking. And if anyone would open the door to their heart, I would come in. So I don't encourage you today to examine your heart. And have you really opened up the ground of your soul to receive the, the knowledge and the truth, the freedom, the eternal life that comes through Jesus? Because if not, today is your day. I feel like a lot of people are in church and there's seed kind of laying around their heart, but not everybody has the seed gone into. Jesus talked a lot about the fact that in the last days he was using another parable, but he said that the great shepherd would receive the flock of sheep and goats, and he's gonna separate the goats. And we always assume we're the sheep. I want you to really examine your heart. We hear the same parable Jesus would talk about that one day at the end of time that there's gonna be a separation between the, the wheat and the chaff. I mean, the chaff is, in the parable Jesus said, is just gonna be burned. It's the wheat that is the harvest. And we always assume we're the wheat and not the chaff. I want you to really examine your heart. Are, are, are you really a believer in Jesus, a follower of Jesus, or a fan of Jesus? I think a lot of people are fans of Jesus, but not everybody is a real follower. A follower means you, you die to your old life, you give up sin, you give up your way, and you surrender your life to Jesus. That's opening your heart to receive that seed. So I wanna pray for you, give you an opportunity to receive that seed into your heart, into your life, and that it would produce a mighty harvest for the Lord. Father, I pray for our church family, those that are here in the room and those that are watching online. Lord, I pray that we would examine our hearts, that we would humble ourselves before you, that you would reveal to us the nature of our harvest. If our heart has been hard and not received the gift, if our hearts have been full of sin and not received eternal life, if we are a goat and not a sheep, if we're a fan 
and not a follower. Lord, if there's people here today or watching online that need to get right with you, I pray that we would open the door of our hearts. I pray that we would receive that gift, that that seed would go down deep into our hearts and lives, that we would grow strong in our faith. And I pray that today would be that day. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you're not right with God, but you need to be, you need to repent of sin, ask the Lord to forgive you, and receive that seed, that gift of eternal life to go down deep into your soul. It might be the first time you've ever prayed a prayer like this, or maybe it's the first time in a long time because you've been running from God. I'd like to lead you in that prayer. I, mean, I can help you, but it has to come from your heart. You have to believe. So if you're here this morning or you're watching online, I'd like to know who I'm praying for. If you are here this morning and you need to pray and ask God to forgive you, open up your heart to receive that seed. This might be the first time or the first time in a long time. Would you shoot your hand up real high and just say, preacher, pray for me. Today's my day to get right with God. I see your hand over there. Is there anybody else? I see your hand back over there. I see your hand over there. Anybody else? Shoot your hand up real high. Good, good, good. What about you that are watching online? I saw three or four people shoot their hand up and say, hey, today is my day that that seed is gonna go down deep into my heart. Wherever you're watching, in your apartment, in your car, in your bedroom, just between you and God, just raise your hand and say, Lord, I, I need to receive you into my heart today. For those of you that are watching online, for those of you that raised your hand this morning, why don't we all pray this prayer together? If you believe it in your heart, pray it out loud. Say, dear Jesus, I receive that seed, that gift of eternal life, deep into my heart. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of my sin. I repent and I surrender my life to you. Be the king of my heart, the lover of my soul, and my very best friend. Thank you, Jesus, for adopting me into the family of God. I'm no longer an orphan. I'm a child of the Most High God. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. In Jesus' name, what do you say, church? Amen, 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 amen online. Amen, 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 amen. Yay, God, yay, God, yay, God. Here's how we're gonna transition. I'd like our prayer team to come. If you're here this morning and you raise your hand, I'd like you to screw in a light bulb on our Jesus wall. These are all people that have made that same commitment to the Lord Jesus. Uh, if you're watching online, I want you to text the name Jesus to 817-405-2244. But that's only the first step. It's gonna give you an auto response form. Please fill that form out and click submit. I want one of our pastors to screw in a light bulb for you. And we wanna begin to pray for you and encourage you in your walk with God.